0: Hey everybody, it's Dan Dan, and we are diving into another big book study. Today we are in the fourth part of How It Works. And this part is a really interesting part because it suddenly changes directions, and I always laugh at that. Page 68, this starts with uh, three words that are hilarious. And they're hilarious because we just went through this sort of a diatribe, almost like the end of a powerful sermon that Bill's given us on how we're going to move from a focus on self to doing the work of our creator and that we're never apologizing for God and we trust and let him demonstrate through us, which is such a critical thing in my life as I, as I live the AA program out. And then out of the clear blue sky, he says, and we're going to start with this, now about sex. Hmm. <laughs> that doesn't, you know, I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem to match all that well, right? Anyway, now about sex. Many of us have needed an overhauling there. But above all, we tried to be sensible on this question. It is so easy to get way off the track. Here we find human opinions running to extremes, absurd extremes, perhaps. One set of voices cry that sex is a lust of our lower nature, a base necessity of procreation. Then we have the voices who cry for sex and more sex, who bewail the institution of marriage, who think that most of our troubles of the race are traceable to sex causes. They think we do not have enough of it or that it isn't the right kind. They see its significance everywhere. One school would allow man no flavor for his fare, and the other would have us all on a straight pepper diet. We want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. We all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. What can we do about them? So he's landed us into an idea of what can we do about our sex problems. So this is individually identified, right? This is something that you know about. And, and it could be a lot of things. It could be that you're so afraid of getting rejected that you don't go out on a date. It could be that the alcohol has inhibited your ability to be close to your spouse or significant other in such a way that this part isn't there. And these are basic human instincts. These are things that fulfill our lives and help us feel closer to other people. So it's important that we do something about it, but not have a standard by which we look out into the world and demand everyone do as we do. That's going to defeat this goal. So we look inward on this. It's about you and where you may have a problem going on relative to the sex instinct. So he goes on, we reviewed our conduct over the years past, and here is the qualifier. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? Whom have we hurt? Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? Where were we at fault? What should we have done instead? We got this all down on paper and looked at it. So this is the exact same formula, or goal anyway, of the previous four-step work you know where where have we been selfish dishonest and inconsiderate why are we being Why are we bringing up this jealousy or making people suspicious or bitter where have we been blatantly disregarding the commitments we make to other people for the sake of our own benefit so the goal here is to shape a new way of going about the sex instinct and it says In this way, we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. We subjected each relation, each past relation to this test. And this is the simple test. And this isn't just for the sex thing. This is for everything, right? This is your test going forward. Selfishness is the root of our trouble. Resentment will kill us. How do we deal with the gap in between? We ask ourselves this simple question. Was it selfish or not? We asked God to mold our ideals and help us to live up to them. We remembered always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good, neither to be used lightly or selfishly, nor to be despised and loathed. Whatever our ideal turns out to be, we must be, here's that key word again, willing to grow toward it. We must be willing to make amends where we have done harm, provided that we do not bring about still more harm in doing so. In other words, we treat sex as we would any other problem. In meditation, we ask God what we should do about each specific matter. The right answer will come if we want it. Now, how many times do you hear that still small voice inside saying, go do this? And you're like, whoa, whoa I'm not going to be doing that. Let's, let's go back and pray again. I'll ask again. Let me reformulate the question, see if we get something different, right? We got to want it. We got to want the solution bad enough to go to any length to get it. We got to completely abandon ourselves to the care of God as we understand Him. We got to give ourselves to this whole program so that God can work through us, even in the sex relations. And it's difficult because some religions and some people's background and some people have been assaulted publicly for their sex views or whatever, their orientations and things like that. And what we want to do is just throw all that in the trash can as far as AA is concerned. And look at this from the standpoint of my relationship with God, my personal relationship with God relative to the sex instinct. Not yours, not a religious point of view, none of that. My relationship. God alone can judge our sex situation. Counsel with persons is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. We realize that some people are as fanatical about sex as others are loose. We avoid hysterical thinking or advice. Suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble, which we will. Does this mean we are going to get drunk? Some people tell us so, but this is only a half-truth, and so here's how we get out of troubles. This is how we step away from mistakes that we continue to make. It says, it depends on us and our motives. If we are sorry for what we have done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things— we believe we will be forgiven and will have learned our lessons and that we will be forgiven is sense of forgiveness of yourself that you'll be able to move on not wishing the past were different. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. So enjoying yourself, whether it's sex or otherwise at the expense of other people, a core problem, that's selfishness. That selfishness is sure to breed resentment. And if we leave it in there, if we leave it going on, that resentment towards ourselves and others will definitely lead us back to the drink. We are not theorizing, meaning the people of Alcoholics Anonymous, that's the we that have successfully navigated the program of recovery provided by AA, that they stay sober, they're not theorizing. These are facts of our experience. They're telling you that no matter what's going on in your head, this is true. This is something we all agree on. To sum up about sex, we earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity, and for the strength to do the right thing. That's true in all problems, not just sex problems. If sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves harder into helping others. (laughs) So that's the trick. The solution here is to move ourselves from things happening to me or for me to working God through me for the benefit of other people. Be rid of that selfishness, that self-pity. Oh my God, I'm this and that. It's self-loathing, self-reference, right? Goes on to say, we think of their needs and work for them, not me and my needs. And I'm trying to get those satisfied. I'm gonna think of somebody else's needs and work for them. This solution works for all problems. This takes us out of ourselves. It quiets the imperious urge when to yield would mean heartache. If we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. Very important. I'm gonna go back and read that again because I want us to think about this for a second. Before we move on to the next chapter or step five, ask yourself these questions. Here are the qualifiers. If we have been thorough, have you done all you can do? Have you been complete and absolute? About these steps these concepts have you done all you can to become Skillful and master this four-step inventory tool If we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their Futility that their uselessness and their fatality that they can kill us They're useful and useless in our life and they can kill us. Why have them? We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. He's driving that home again. Resentment is fatal. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look upon them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from Him. If you have already made a decision and an inventory of your grosser handicaps, you have made a good beginning. That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. So that ends how it works for us. But it's not the end of how it works. And when we have discussions about sex or the sex inventory, what we really come up with is an idea of intimacy, right? That I'm unwilling to get that close or to meet somebody else's needs. A lot of us go into the sex thing, just trying to get, you know, one night stands, things like that. And we forget that we wear that experience everywhere we go. Our subconscious minds really never let that go. And we become very resentful towards people who that don't live up to our expectations in this way. And what this wants us to do is take that same inventory and look at how we're selfish and how maybe we can find that beautiful gratification, that wonderful intimacy that is part of the sex instinct by looking at others and how do we serve them? How do we move ourselves to let God flow through us and help their life be better? It's always going to be true that the more I make other people important to me, the more important I'll become to other people. This is a critical place in the program, the four-step, and I recommend that you focus on this for whatever time is necessary to get it done thoroughly. So for your discussion today, a great discussion on the sex topic is just this. How has that ended up hurting other people in your lives? What do you think the effect of infidelity and selfish sexual activity has been to others? And how has this idea of moving God into your life changed that activity? I hope you have a great discussion.